It's road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. We are going to get a chance to hang out with Judge Lynn Toler of the oldest or the longest running television court show in American history. And I've got to tell you that one of the things I'm most proud about is even though our show is called Divorce Court, it's really about trying to save marriages. And what you're going to hear on this show today may surprise you. I was surprised to hear this news. Judge Lynn Toler's marriage was in trouble herself. It was just ugly. And, um, we weren't speaking. He'd come into a room. I would walk out of it. Um, we were perpetually angry, couldn't agree on anything, slamming doors. It was a mess. She almost ended up in divorce court herself, but she said it was her own show that saved her marriage. And then I started taking back my power. He got more and more angry, and I got more and more resentful and got crazy until I saw somebody else do it, and I realized that's what we had done. So we're going to talk about that. She's also going to talk about her own thoughts about the judicial system with all of these cases that we're seeing with police shootings and wondering if black men are in trouble and if the black boys' lives really count. Well, she's raising two sons. We're going to hear about what she has to say about that as well. And I don't know about you, but I think that Judge Lynn Toler is one of the prettiest people on television. I want to know her beauty regiment, and I bet you do too. We're going to talk to Judge Lynn Toler about behind the scenes of Divorce Court and find out a little bit more about the lady under that 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 uh, judicial gown. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. You probably know this man. Thank you for having me. Joe I just wanted to say that uh, Ro looks amazing. I do? Oh. Yes, you do. Ooh, I, I think do. you should have some type of virtual thing going on out here. You need to, you're too fine to be behind this microphone without us seeing you. Oh, really? Really. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. They are saying this is a major public health issue that's facing American children. How we use all of this technology around us, not as babysitters, not an electronic babysitter, but how we interact with our kids while they're interacting with the media. I mean, gosh, I've been in TV, radio now, and we get blamed for everything, don't we? But it's like saying the refrigerator made me fat. You can't do that. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. And I'm Rolanda Watts, your host, and we're about to talk with Judge Lynn Toler from Divorce Court. On Divorce Court today, our demands for wild and spicy bedroom behavior, the only issue keeping Lanise and Vernon from walking down the aisle. She says his freaky requests make her uncomfortable. But if she doesn't play, will he stray? Lanise Thomas and Vernon Martin have brought their dispute for Judge Lynn Toner to resolve. Testimony in divorce court before your vows starts now. How long had you been together when he made the switch to to oh. a, a a greater freak need? Oh, we've been, we've been. <laughs> That's my judge, Lynn Toler. Let me tell you. 
tell you about Judge Lynn Toler. And there was a lot of stuff I didn't even know. Here she is, a Ivy League grad. Judge Lynn Toler, y'all, went to Harvard, went to Harvard University, and then went on to the University of Pennsylvania Law School. And she is hosting now the longest-running television court program, Divorce Court. And she's an author that's going to help make marriages work. And, and let me tell you something. If you're sitting here listening, there may be some pieces of advice that you might get today. One of the things that I take great pride in working on divorce court is that there's always some kind of resolution. And a lot of times these couples will say, you know what, I agree with the judge. And sometimes they agree that they need a whole lot of help. They, 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 they need some counseling, and they need to really work at it. Face it, it's not easy. And one of the things I love about Judge Lynn is that she is very transparent and even wrote an article for the Huffington Post about how divorce court even saved her marriage. Judge Lynn Toner is from Cleveland. And uh, she has many passion projects and charities that deal with battered women and domestic violence. She is one of the most beautiful people on television. I want to know some of her beauty secrets. And I want to know what she wears when she's not wearing that robe. And she is also a mom of two sons. And what is that all about? Judge Lynn Toler, welcome. Rolanda, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yes, indeed. I tell you, I brag about you a lot, and I only say the stuff because it's true. I think you're just a <laughs> think you're just a dynamite lady. But tell the right. viewing audience what we're going to see that's so new and different and exciting this season. Well, we have a new courtroom. We have, uh, you know, but that's just window dressing. I think what we tried to do this year was give the audience more of what they wanted. And what they wanted was not to hear so much about somebody bleaching somebody else's clothes, but what brought them to the position that they're in and what resolution I might have for them that, that goes beyond who owes who what money. So we, uh -huh. we tried to add a little more of the, 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 the wisdom part while we're talking about, you know, Fluffy the dog. Right. And well, there is a lot of wisdom in that. And, you, and, you know, everybody stops in their tracks because every, I think everybody you know, whether you're on divorce court or whether you're married going through a divorce or not, everybody wants to learn how to do relationships better. And I think that's why people lean into the television to hear what you're going to say. What are the most common mistakes that you're finding that people are making in, in marital relationships? I think the most common mistake is uh, them failing to figure out how to communicate effectively. You know, men hear and see things one way, women hear and see things another way. And if you're not it is, as a woman, you're not uh, fluent in man, and as a man, you're not fluent in woman. You're going to talk past each other all of the time. I think that's one thing. I think a second thing is you, people don't understand what communication is and don't understand uh, the nature of persuasion. If you want someone to do something your way, the first thing you have to do is figure out what his way is because if you don't address what he's thinking – or what his position is, you'll never get him to speak on your own. You got to start where other people are and slowly walk them home, not just say my position, my position, my position. You have to say, I see your position. This is what you want. I think you can get that. And then you go into your position. People don't take that kind of time. And the last thing I would say is people don't time it well. You have to have a communication when you're not crazy. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, 
the moment something happens, everybody's dealing with all of this, you know, emotion going on. You got hormones and cortisol and adrenaline rushing around. No, no logical thing happens when all that is happening. So you got to, you got to table it, step away and talk about it tomorrow. Now, you are also a featured writer for Divorce Magazine. I didn't even know there was a book called Divorce Magazine. Um, I didn't either. They came and found me. It's so prevalent, I guess. You know, you have to uh, you have to give the audience what they need. You know, what? one of the things that I was so impressed with you, uh, you wrote this article in Huffington Post, and it was called How Divorce Court Saved My Marriage. And I was surprised to hear that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what you, you're, you, I mean, because you're, you're up there, the star of a television show, but you're a real wife, you're a real mom, you're a real sister girl like the rest of us going through life and having to work hard. What was your story? What was your backstory? And what did you discover through your own show? Well, well let me say this. I, I decided to share my backstory in part because I wanted people to believe I knew I was talking what I was talking about. And if I was married to the perfect man and had the perfect marriage and everything was just wonderful, I lose a little bit of my authority. So I think I have to reveal a little bit about what struggles I've been through so I can really truly uh connect with the audience and and be truthful about understanding their battle. And I will say this, my battle with my husband, we've been married for 25 years, but around near around year 18 or 19, it was just ugly. And um, we weren't speaking. He'd come into a room. I would walk out of it. Um, we were perpetually angry, couldn't agree on anything, slamming doors. It was a mess. And what I couldn't figure out how we got that way. I mean, I was a nice person. He was a nice person. We were good to other people. But in the same room together, we were just killing one another. And I sat up on the on the bench one day, and I was watching this couple talk about how they got where they were. And when they compressed their 10 or 12 years' worth of experience into a 30-minute segment, it made me realize that they did that slow trip to stupid that my husband and I were taking, which is like one missed connection at a time. And what I figured out was when we got married, my son, my husband had already had four sons with his first wife, and he got married at 19. And when he married me, he thought he had spent his whole life doing for others. And he felt this was his first. I was fresh and unencumbered. No kids, no debt, no problems. She said, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have fun. And this was I was his first installment on a lot of fun and choices he didn't get to have from being a father so young. I saw him as, number one, fine, which is important, uh, right. but uh, he was stable, safe, and secure, and I needed that. What happened was, whenever he didn't get his way on something, that was one more compromise in a bucket of compromises that was already full. He had been compromising for 20 years, and every he hadn't drained that bucket. It was still there. So every time he didn't get my, his way in the marriage, he got a little angry. And what happened when he got angry is I would step off my position. I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't fight. And I thought about it. I never argued or fought with any of my boyfriends. And what it was was I'd just leave them. If, if <laughs> I didn't like something, I would just leave. So, And I wondered why. I didn't understand why. I couldn't come to a conclusion with this guy. I realized after a while what I saw with this woman, and she had come. She was raised in a in a, a loud, high volume household, and she didn't want to argue. 
And I was raised in a household where my father was bipolar and, you know, something could jump off at any moment. You never knew when, you never knew why, it didn't have to be logical. So my brain said, in order to have a safe home, you have to have a quiet home. And if he wants to argue, like, that could be the end of the world. Because sometimes when my parents argued at home, it was for the evening, the end of the world, you know, out you know, sleeping in the other people's houses and at, at the drive-in movies because daddy got that angry. So I just shut it down. Whenever he said something, I just capitulated. And that taught him he should get everything he wanted all the time, which made me resentful, which, which, you know, and then I started taking back my power. He got more and more angry and I got more and more resentful and got crazy until I saw somebody else do it. And I realized that's what we had done. So the resentment, I mean, and and just like you had pointed out, it's uncommunicated needs that you have. Needs. And, that's and I didn't know I had it. Yeah, I didn't know I had it. And you can't fix other people. You can only fix yourself. So I had to decide that I had to be able to have the argument, you know, and I had to change and be able to say, I don't want to go to San Diego. I want to go to the uh, – to to San Francisco. I had to be able to say that. And it was a difficult thing for me to do at first. And it really honked him off. Like, what do you mean? No, you've been right. telling me yes for 19 years. What are you, what are you going to show up with? No, all of a sudden now. Right. Have you been watching yeah. Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you talk about it. So few people know that I ever got married. I was so married. and so young. So I am a divorcee. It was so long ago. I can barely remember. remember? But I still remember what, what you talk about also when you, when you say, uh, you know, just what you had to, to realize was losing yourself in a marriage. And I know right. that the show is dealing this year, something different, I think is dealing with, uh, divorce court before the vows, things that you're warning people about before they walk down the aisle. What are some of the yeah. top things you want people to keep in mind? Well, first of all, I want them to remember that this is as good as it gets. You know, when a guy is courting you or a woman is 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 is, is, is trying to get is, is trying to get you to like her, you're as kind and as funny and as loving and as easy and breezy as you're going to be. So it's going to be work. It's going to be good work, but it's going to be work. That's one thing. Two, people don't realize, they don't uh, take a look at their own emotional history. They don't, which is what I failed to do. I mean, I went to counsel before we got married and everything, but we didn't, I didn't take inventory of my own fears and needs and desires. You really have to know yourself before you put yourself in a room with somebody else. And you also have to have realistic expectations with respect. You, you would never imagine how many people get married and never talk about money, how much is coming in, how much is going out, and how much debt everybody is in, and how they're going to manage to get from day to day. Just don't have that discussion. So all of those stressors get put into a house, and, and, and people say, oh, well, I can't do it. It's too much. When they could have resolved much of that or at least acknowledged them, issues as stressors early on so they don't take on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now tell me this, who are your heroes? Who do you look up to? You know, when, you, my, when you're looking for the wisdom in your life, who do you look up to? I'm the luckiest woman in the world. My, I think my mother is a genius. Uh, <laughs> I think she is an emotional genius. She has a 
what I call a second set of eyes. She can always peruse any situation that this is what he's feeling, this is what she's feeling, and if you want to convince her of his position, this is what you need to make her feel in order to do that. She is, which was my first book, My Mother's Rules, it just talked about her emotional acuity and how I used it in resolving matters on the bench and how I failed to use it in my own marriage but finally figured it out. Now, that's your first book. It's called My Mother's Rules. We're talking today with Judge Lynn Toler of Divorce Court and Making Marriage Work. And her first book, My Mother's Rules, which she's talking about right now, Practical Guide to Becoming an Emotional Genius. And you, and this is where you kind of write a, a, a humorous memoir about your life, right? Yeah, because you gotta you, you got to step back and be able to chuckle a bit. you got to be able to <laughs> have a sense of humor about your own failings and shortcomings. And I exposed a lot of personal stuff in there, but you have to have a sense of humor about it because if you don't, it it, it, it it just becomes too heavy to carry. And right. um, I see the I see the humor in my in the in the stupid things that I've done. And uh, it's it's it wasn't meant to be a book about, wow, she had a tough childhood. I did have it. It was a little bumpy. But we all got where we were going, so I want wanted people to read the wisdom and not get bogged down in in the in the story so much. What I I, so I, think, I call it keeping the fun and dysfunctional. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. Now, Judge Lynn, I was on the set this uh, this past season when you were doing some taping, and there was one couple who came in. And they were going at it. And you, something hit you emotionally, and you burst into tears. And I got to say that backstage, watching and listening, we were so touched by your transparency, we were crying back there too. And you were talking very honestly about the the life that you had grown up in. Can you talk a bit about what happened that day and what that was that really touched you emotionally? It was a couple that um, they were really uh, struggling with his inability to uh, regulate his emotional self. He couldn't, if he lost a pen, uh, and he gave this example, if they lose, you know, he could just go ballistic and for 45 minutes throw things around and scream and yell. And he, he claimed that himself. It wasn't her just saying, this is what it is. He goes, absolutely, that's exactly what I do, and I can't help it, and I don't know what to do about it. And they had a couple of kids, and, you know, my father used to do that. My mother used to buy his prescription glasses 12 at a time because he would lose them. And when he lost something, it would send him into a tizzy, I mean, a real rage. And when he said that about the pen, I remember the glasses mom had to have everything in bulk because if he lost something, you know, I mean, things would just go, go, go crazy. And I told him, I said, you know, you might want to see somebody about your anger. And he had some other little ticks and things that are going on. And I said, you know, I've seen the psychiatrist. There's nothing wrong with it. I ain't ashamed of it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm straight and cool today because I managed to raise my hand and holler for help when I needed it. And I think you need it. And I said, you owe it to your kids. And I was just trying to explain to him how hard it was to live in a household where you didn't know if everything was going to just blow up in the next 30 seconds. It doesn't happen often. And I told him, I said, you know what? It's the waiting that gets you. Is it today? Is it today? Is it now? Is it tonight? Is he grumbling? What's going to happen? I got to listen. I got to make sure. And it just 
when he talked about his kids and how he was, it just brought me back to that 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 sense of insecurity where your earth shook within you know earthquakes were ha- occurring regularly, and it just caused me so much pain. I just had to share it with him because I really wanted him to take my suggestion of going see going to see somebody seriously because right, you, you I never knew know what his how kids that- were doing. We're right, affecting those children. Well, that's one right. of the other things that, that you talk about a lot in the show, I find out, is always taking account of, you know, you two are going through this whole thing, but there's some little kids up there in the house watching all of this dissension, and you're constantly reminding people of what all of this couple stuff does to the whole family. Yeah, they get caught up in the argument and trying to win and all that kind of stuff, and they're, you know, throwing bombs at one another without remembering that a shrapnel is all over the house, and the kids are just getting, you know, getting tagged all over the place, and you get caught up in your stress and your dysfunction, and you forget what the point of the whole thing was, which was to have a, to raise a healthy family, and you you can't do that if everybody's on Facebook stalking one another. <laughs> right. Now, you've got two sons. Are they teenagers? Tell me about them. Are they teenagers? You have to keep an eye on their Facebook pages. Um, The oldest is 22 and the baby is 19. So, so, but they don't do Facebook. They're not, they don't do that kind of stuff, which is interesting, I think, but they just never got into social media. Uh Will they be lawyers as well, you think? Well, the oldest one's talking about it. I'm trying to talk him out of it, too, because, you know, every lawyer I know that we, we we were all trying to figure out ways how not to be lawyers anymore. So I'm trying to talk <laughs> well, you him out of it. you figured out a pretty good one. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I, though? Didn't I, though? My I father did per- the same thing. Yeah. He was a lawyer, and he tried to talk me out of becoming a lawyer. But but the one of them, you know, he uh, plays musical instruments, you know, like guitar oh. and piano and all that kind of stuff. So that's his fun stuff. And the other one's a baseball player. So he's right. big into uh, baseball. So. Well, let me ask you this. As other mothers, you know, when you're w- listening to the news and some of these stories come up, and we have to be so careful, especially with our young black men. you got the Trayvon Martin stories and the Michael Brown stories. What do you as a mother who's also in the justice system, still dealing with that, what do you think? What do you? What goes through your mind when these things happen? Well, it's, it's, it's the, every time something like that happens, I discuss it with my boys. And I have two very polar opposite kids. My, my oldest, we call him the morality police. I mean, he hasn't seen a rule he's not willing to obey. He's very straight and narrow. <laughs> and the other one hasn't seen a rule that he was willing to obey. So he's always <laughs> in trouble. So so the baby, when we talk about it, he said, yeah, but don't I have the right to tell the police not to look in my car? I said, absolutely you do. But I say, don't put yourself in a circumstance where you need to exercise that right and don't get mouthy about it. And uh, he says, well, you know, just he always wants to know what what he can do, what his rights are. And I tell him what his rights are. I says, but understanding your rights and, 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 and getting them under the circumstances are two different things. I don't want you to be right and dead. Right. I want you to be right at home. You could be humiliated or angry because I can handle that. I can work within the system to allow a situation to be recompensed in a way that will make the system – alert the system to a problem that they have or a problem officer that they have, but you get home. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to push the boundaries. And the other one who never does it, never does anything has been stopped by the police twice. 
saying, you fit the description. And he's always said to me, and I said, and never told me about it until like a year after they happened. And he said, oh, I didn't think it was a big deal. And I said, really, why didn't you think it was a big deal? He says, you know, mom, you were always a judge when I was growing up and you were telling the police what to do. So I felt like, you know, I know who they are. I know what they are. I know what this is about. I'm going to stay calm and not let it bother me because I know I haven't done anything wrong. And he says, I'm, I'm polite. I'm cool. But mm-hmm. I just don't let it. I, I feel comfortable with officers in a way. He says, I don't think a lot of young black men do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that discernment and just being able to just have those parameters to think within with the reality of the way that life is, but still with the reality of the way that life is, you know, and working within that. Yeah. Our justice system is a great one, but any system in the world that's run by humans is, 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 is susceptible to human error, prejudice, dysfunction, and whatever. And I don't want that to be the reason why you don't come home one day. That's right. We're talking today with Judge Lynn Toller of Divorce Court, and uh, you're going to be hearing me as the announcer for the show, which is so much fun. I have to tell you, Lynn, I'm having a great time working with and you. And we are so glad to have you. We have such such enthusiasm in your voice. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Yes, indeed. One last thing, and then I'm going to let you go. What are, it, what are your beauty secrets? You have the most beautiful skin. You just, you're just vibrant. And I'm going to say the same thing to you that I said to Susan Lucci when I interviewed her. I don't think people realize how petite you are. <laughs> No, I am short. I'm five foot one. Not that, not a whole lot going on there. But you know, I drink a lot of water. Yeah, it shows. I think that that's really important, and I take a daily vitamin. I do, and when I'm out in the sun a lot, I put on suntan lotion. I mean, fifty yeah. blocks. You know, like I was, a, you know, a fair-haired redhead. I just I protect my my skin against the sun. Um, I think that's it. Well, listen, that's good. That, that That's good because you are some kind of beautiful. I know you have a great beauty squad behind you, but uh, yes, indeed, you do. And you just look great, Lynn. You're bringing short hair to a whole new millennium. <laughs> and we're so that's excited. all Rick. He's a genius. I tell you what, it's just He's fun to genius. be backstage and watch it all happen. Anything else that you want to say? I know you've got a new book called Making Marriage Work, New Rules for an Old Institution. But anything else that you want to talk about? No, not really. I, you know, I've, um, I've, I've, I'm, we're winding down this season. We're, we're, we're wrapping and uh, I'm excited about the new one coming. And I put my first book, My Mother's Rules, recently on an audio book. So if you don't want to read it, you can hear me. Uh, tell you the story in my own voice. Oh, so that that's is fantastic. Can, that and maybe we can get it on Audible. That. Is that on audiblebooks.com? You can. Audible Books or Amazon, either way. And I can't thank you enough. Y'all, here are two books. Uh, Judge Toller has My Mother's Rules, A Practical Guide to Becoming an Emotional Genius, and also Making Marriage Work, New Rules for an Old Institution. You can follow the judge at Judge Lynn Toller and also on Facebook and uh, on Divorce Court on Facebook as well and Twitter. You guys are, we are out there in social media for sure. Aren't we though? You can go to the website, check her out. Judge Lynn, thank you so much. And uh, we will be there rooting you on tomorrow with this new All season. right. Thank you so much for having me on, Rolanda. I okay. enjoyed it. Have, all, all right. right. Take a great care. week, Jess. Okay. Bye.
I am launching Rolanda.com, my new website. But I'm going to give you a sneak peek right now if you want to go over there and check it out at Rolanda.com. And that's R-O-L-O-N-D-A, R-O-L-O-N-D-A, Rolanda.com. Let me know what you think about it. I'll be right back after this. Hey, this is also a perfect time to pick up a copy of my novel, Destiny Lingers. It's a good interracial romance story dealing with race and class, and you can pick it up at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you get your favorite books. Destiny Lingers. Check it out. I'll catch you in social media this week at Rolanda Watts on Facebook. Twitter, Insta, and LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss another great podcast. You're listening to Rolanda On Demand. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Mia Moore, a producer from Divorce Court, who tells us how they pull it all together and get those wild and crazy guests. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. Every day, 5 o'clock, stop everything else, turn off TV, whatever. So Max, come on, we're going to go sit on the front step and look at the world. Aww. And he would take his orange juice and I'd you know, take some water and we'd just sit on the front steps for 20 minutes. Hey, Max, I see something red. Do you see something red? And we'd just look at the world. And the day Mom came home, around 5 o'clock, she was, you know, well, that's usually, he gets one hour TV a day. So she said, okay, Max, you want to go watch your TV? He said, no, Daddy and I got to go look at the world. Aww. Talk, listen, connect. We are so excited on Divorce Court. Y'all tune in. She's just out of sight. And uh, please, like I said, follow her on Facebook and Twitter and let us know what you think about the show and listen out for me as the announcer. It's Rolanda. As opposed to getting that big pot out, you start with very little water. You start with your trinity, some onions and bell pepper and garlic. Oh, that's uh, your, oh, I like that, your trinity. There's all types of onions. I use every one, the red onion, the white onion, the brown onion, even the green onion. And, and you say if you don't like onions. Don't even tell people that you have it in there. <laughs> There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. Uh, follow the show. Don't just listen. Follow because I will have great uh, shows coming up and I want you to know. Here's a phone call from area code 213. Hey, it's Rolanda. Who's this? Hey, Ro. It's Mia from from Divorce Court. Hey, Mia. How you doing? <laughs> I'm fine, lovely. I just wanted to say what a lovely conversation you had with our judge. She is just amazing. You both are amazing together. Well, listen, I like her so much, and it's such a joy. Y'all, let me tell you, Mia is one of the fierce producers behind the Divorce Court show and one of those ladies who's making the judge look really good because she's pulling those people in there with those great stories. And and I tell you, the stories are fascinating this year, Mia. Where are you guys getting these people from? How do you get to be on Divorce Court? Well, you know, the blessing is the voice court has been on. It's one of the longest-running judge shows since the 50s, actually. And people know the show, and they love the show, and they believe in the judge, and they want to be on the show. So they reach out to us to say, can we come on the show because we've reached our last limit, and we think the judge is the only thing that can help us. And as you can see, she definitely does that. 
you know, it, there's some of these shows, and this, and I'm just going to be real about it, Mia, and I'm going to say the truth. A lot of these judge shows out here are made up. A lot yeah. of them are improv and, you know, they're just actors up, but our cases are real. These are real people with real cases with a real judge who's giving real resolutions. Did I just do a promo yes. there or what? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing your gig, girl. You're doing your job. But she is truly, truly amazing. And it touches my heart every time I bring a couple to her. And you should see the letters we get back up. And you, people will see it on the updates. People will call us and go, you know, we were ready to divorce. We came out there. Thank you. Thank you. Now we're renewing our our wedding vows because of what the judge said. I had a couple last uh term that just wrote me a note saying now we're doing daily dates because the judge told us to do daily dates that's the kind of stuff <laughs> that empowers people to move on and give their you know their relationship another opportunity to grow you know we all Absolutely. get in a sometimes and she just gives such light to those people I know. You know, it's funny because backstage when we're watching her and she gives up great advice. She doesn't take any stuff now. You can't you can't pull no, one easy no, one over no. on the judge now. That's what I like about her. But she yes, gives advice is. and all of us are leaning in like because yes. all of us could use that great advice. I tell you what. Exactly. Mm. And I'm encouraging everybody to watch because if you're young and you're in a relationship and you got married early, this is the show for you. I did that, Mia. I, I think I, I got married at 22 years old, married my best friend. I figured, what the heck? There wasn't, there wasn't much to do. He was my best friend. Right. That was great. We right. had fun. But there's so much more to go to it. And that's what I like about the show this season. It's going to be dealing with before your vows. I thought that was an interesting yes. twist. Yeah. Yes, we have a lot of those also and save our marriage and People who are just like at that point where they're like, we want a divorce, but there's something that happens in that courtroom. I mean, she just turns people around. And if she feels that, you know, no, maybe you guys should give it up, she will tell you, you know, no, move on. You know, mm -hmm. and it's good to hear that early than getting involved years and years and years where you think, oh, I can't move on. But you can always start over. You can always start over. That's right. And I think that, that that's, I think so many times people don't even give that an option. You know, when things get yes. tough, we're just out of there. And, and you know what I like yes, so indeed. much talking, Judge Lynn admitted, she said, you know, I used to be one of those people too, who was like, I'm yes, out of here. But she said she, yes. she fought for her own marriage and she learned how to do that by doing her own show. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and hey, Mia, if, if somebody's listening, they say, I want to go on divorce court and maybe save my marriage. Yes. Well, there's a space on our um, Facebook page where you can sign up and we will get in contact with you. That's right. And, and like I said, Judge, uh, Lynn has a brand new book out. And you can yes. go get that. It is Making Marriage Work, New Rules for an Old Institution. I tell you what, everybody needs a little help now and then. Exactly. And I'm glad we're doing All good right. stuff. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> we'll be right back right after this.
Rolanda. And these are main dish cornbread meals. It's not just cornbread with a little bit of butter in the middle. These are actual meals. And her winning recipe, are you sitting down? Yeah, I'm sitting. Are you hungry? I'm drooling. Okay, you're going to be starving now. <laughs> okay, I got it my was, napkin ready. <laughs> it was chicken taco cornbread wedges with ranchero cilantro drizzle. Oh, my goodness. So you're, you're, Say that you're, one more time. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. It's Rolanda. What would we give to have 45 million viewers oh, and listeners? I love that right now. I'd love for 45 million people to download my book right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me up. to a black woman's ass. Is there 45 million black women out there wanting to grow their natural naps back long and pretty? There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. It's Rolanda. I was shocked to find out that there was a Healthy Marriages Coalition. We really believe a great marriage is something we can learn to do. Yeah. And we believe that we can turn around most of the marriages today. And we also believe that we can help people make great choices when it comes to picking a partner. Ah. Now, okay? see, that's the part I... I oh, before yeah. Before you get married. Oh, I've been there with you. Well, girl, break it okay. down. <laughs> There's more Rolanda next. Real estate gave you wings to fly. What do you mean by that? As you described in your introduction, uh, when I walked out of an abusive marriage, my husband closed out the bank account, so I would have no choice but to go back to him. He didn't realize that that was really what I really needed to do to sort of jump off the cliff. Uh -huh. So when you push to the edge, you have no choice but to fly. You've got it, Silva. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. It's Rolanda. Bro, she said, I sit here and wash my dishes listening to you. Oh, that's and great. And she said, you're my kitchen companion. That's what the whole thing is that you talk about and I talk about, too, is that it's going for your dreams, trying something new, not being afraid to fail. We need to have passion in whatever we do. Without that passion, which is where the center of our creativity is, you're not going to have a fulfilling life. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. I have really enjoyed spending this time with you today. Thank you again for listening to my podcast. Please let me know what you think about it. Give me a rating and a review so that I can always keep this podcast what you want to listen to. Follow me on social media at Rolanda Watts on Insta, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, Destiny Lingers, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you find your fine books. Thanks so much again for listening. Now go out there and do something good. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. In my story where I did do it one time to a guy, it's because he looked like Morris Chestnut. Ooh. Ooh. But he was dumb as doornick. <laughs> but I think we've Amy, all done the L.O. Amy, my angel, I'm going to tell your mother on you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but if my mom saw him, a vet, she'd be proud of me, too. <laughs> this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.